الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن آياته أن خلق لكم من أنفسكم أزواجا لتسكنوا إليها وجعل بينكم وجعل بينكم مودة ورحمة وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا خطب إليكم من ترضون دينه فخلقه فزوجوه أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders first and foremost I just want to make a humble appeal let us sit together those who need to have the wall by all means other than that inshallah we sit together in emulation of the sahaba ikram we will get the barakat that they got also inshallah Allah out of his grace, out of his mercy gave us this opportunity in the dunya to make our everlasting abode in the akhirat. This is what this dunya is all about. This world, nobody has come to live in here forever. But it is an opportunity for a person to make his everlasting abode in jannat. But after all, this temporary life is a test. And every facet of this life is a test. And as long as a person has this in mind, that I am presently in an examination hall, then it will be very easy to understand the various restrictions and the rules and regulations. When a person is in an examination center, in an examination hall, in a room, is busy writing his exams, so he decides he wants to speak to somebody, he wants to talk to the person sitting next to him. I tell him, sorry, you cannot talk. So he understands that if I talk, I'm going to jeopardize the whole exam. I'll fail. So he obeys that. I can't talk to anybody now. He wants to eat, you can't eat now, you'll eat later. He wants to walk around, you can't walk around, you sit where you are. He wants to go to the toilet and relieve himself, well, fine, but you'll first be maybe checked. You're not carrying any papers along, you're going to see something, you've got your phone on your, in your pocket, and somebody's going to be passing some message on to you. So we're going to check your pockets, we're going to check whatever, everything else. So he says, fine, understand, I will be checked. <laughs> he is submitting to all this because he understands he is in an examination. And therefore he's submitting to the rules, to the regulations, to the restrictions. So likewise, this dunya is an examination. Abu Dardar says that we were tested. We 
We were tested in this world first with adversity, with difficulty. And we bore that patiently, we passed the test. Then the next test came. He's talking from his elevated position. See, then we were tested with prosperity. We failed the test. His description of what he is referring to as failure for us will be a pass with flying colors. Will be an A pass for us. But that some slight little preferential aspect which they might have omitted, he said we failed the test. But the lesson is that this whole life was regarded as a test. So a person when he is now a young person with all the vigor and energy he is now in a test. And then comes that phase of life when he now needs to get married. So that is another test. On the one hand, Allah wa ta'ala has created natural human needs. Person has to eat, has to drink, he needs shelter, he needs clothing. Similarly, he needs a spouse in life. That is also a human need. But this entire life that now he will get into, this new phase of life, this is also a test from beginning to end. And this is a journey in life. When a person is going on a journey, then it is not the same kind of terrain all along. Sometimes he's passing some very, very beautiful scenic valleys and hills and very scenic environments. And then sometimes he's going through deserts. Sometimes he's on a very smooth highway. Sometimes he's on some dirt roads. Sometimes he can move, there's no traffic, he's flowing freely. And sometimes he's just stuck, can't seem to go anywhere. Has to wait for some, he doesn't know what, what's going on in front. Everything suddenly like at a standstill. So this journey of life and this journey of married life is also a journey. A person expects that this journey will be only through scenic areas, it's going to be through the garden route all the time. So when he's going through the garden road, somewhere he's going to pass the karoo also. So it's not one kind of terrain all the time. But the person who has his focus on the destination. Now whether he's moving through the scenic valleys, he doesn't get so engrossed in that, that he loses the road. And if he's going through the desert also, he's got his destination in front. I've got to reach the destination. This will pass. He doesn't get bogged down there. Now why can't I see any trees and any shrubs here and why is everything so totally bare and now that has become an issue in his life. So now he wants to take a U-turn. No, he knows my destination is ahead. He carries on driving. So these are two, or the, this is one basic aspect that we have to keep in mind. That life itself is a test and everything in life is a test. And a person's married life is a test also. And the married life of a person is a very important test. And a very crucial test. Part of the test of life, Allah Ta'ala has placed various ibadat. From the time the person goes to sleep, he has to worry about putting the alarm on for Fajr Salah. 
as part of his test. At what time did he decide to wake up? For Fajr or for breakfast? <coughs> what time does he put that alarm for, for Fajr or for breakfast? That's the first test already, before he goes to bed. So now he put that alarm on for Fajr because that's the right of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala has commanded him to do so. Then he goes to work, but he's looking at his clock, at his watch, at what time will be Zohar. So he has to stop all his occupation, all his work, stop the busy moments in his work, forget about that ringing till, and answer the call of the muazzin and perform his Zohar, perform his Asar, leave all his other relaxation and perform his Maghrib. Delay that sleep, even if he's tired, make sure he performs his Isha first. It's a time that Zakat has become compulsory. Now no matter what the situation may be, that money must be discharged for Zakat. There's a lucrative investment right now, all that can wait. Now this zakat must get discharged first. It's time that hajj has become farz on him, everything else can wait. Hajj is fulfilled first. That's part of the test. That is hukukullah. All the other various ibadat and the rights of Allah wa That's part of the test. And then part of the test is hukukul ibad. The rights of the servants of Allah wa ta'ala. And at the top of the list is the per person's parents. Now this becomes a crucial part of a person's married life. That how does he play the balance and how does he walk the rope, the pulsirat actually. That he doesn't transgress anybody's rights. Neither does he trample the rights of his wife and neither does he forget his parents. They are the top of the list. So this is hukukul ibad. And then, he got married now. He brought somebody into his life. So how does he fulfill the rights of his wife? And likewise, how does the wife fulfill the rights of the husband? Many a times, a person is very careful about hukukul ibad outside. So how does he deal with his friends? How does he deal with other relatives, how does a person deal with people in society in general? So many a times a person is very careful, he's very polite, he's humble, he's accommodating, he's trying to go out of his way to help everybody else. But when he comes into the four walls of his own home, that is the place where hukukul ibad is most crucial because now he has to live the longest period of time with the person who has taken the responsibility for. So the hukukul ibad outside the person is taking care of, that responsibility is also inside. And it's not a one-way traffic, like he has to be careful about hukukul ibad, the husband has to be careful, the wife has to be careful also. And now this again is that same test in life, also a test. And many a times a person outside is passing through the garden route, Somehow when he comes inside the house, he's like now going through the karoo now. Now it will depend on whether he's got his attention and his focus on the destination. If he's looking at the destination, then he'll know this will pass. Suddenly he'll pass through and he'll be driving within the four walls of his home also, through the garden route. But the person who doesn't have the destination in front of him, then he'll want to move in circles. 
and he doesn't know where he's going. Now the issue is, how does a person move ahead in life? How does he keep this attention on his destination? I am heading ahead. And what are the things that will make him move? What is the vehicle that will take him on this road? Now he's understood there's a destination. I got to get to Cape Town. I got to get to Makkah Mukarrama. So the destination is in front of him. Likewise, we have understood the destination is Akhirat. We are here in this world to make our everlasting abode in the hereafter in Jannat. But now there's a vehicle that takes a person through. So the main vehicle is Iman. But then the specific aspects, like married life for example, and this is not restricted to married life, it's broader than that, but this is the vehicle that will take a person through married life without having to keep crashing into the barriers, without having to be all the time wondering where he's heading to and breaking down everywhere, there's a vehicle that will take him through. What is this vehicle? So this vehicle, in two ahadith pertaining to marriage, this vehicle has been described. One hadith, Nabi Islam says, that tunkahul mar'atu li arba'in. And a woman is married for one of four reasons. Sometimes it's all, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. Literally, these are the reasons or these are the bases on which a person makes a decision. These are the criteria. Tunkahul mar'atu li arba'in. Li maliha. Some people make wealth the criterion. They will base their decision. They look at other things also, but the deciding factor will be wealth. So that's some people's preference and their basis for the decision. Wali jamaliha. Some will decide based their the deciding factor will be beauty. They will maybe look at other things as well, but other things will be given a cursory look, and others will be considered on a secondary level. But the criteria and the main factor, the deciding factor will be beauty. Person will decide on that factor. Samli hasabiha. Main thing and the most crucial aspect for that person will be what is the family lineage? Is this person of a notable family? Or it's a nobody from nowhere? And the fourth basis and the fourth criterion some people will decide on is walidiniha. That what is her deen, meaning the level of her deen? How much is she inclined towards obeying the commands of Allah Ta'ala? So Nabi Islam says that you want to move very smoothly through this life, you want the correct vehicle, فَزْفَرْ بِذَاتِ الدِّينِ تَرِبَتْ Then you rather then choose and make your decision based on deen. Whatever else needs to be considered will be considered, but the deciding factor must be deen then you'll be successful. So what you understand from there is deen. The vehicle that will take a person through is deen. Now deen is a very comprehensive thing. Unfortunately, we have departmentalized deen. For many people, deen is only in the masjid. For some people, deen is only in certain parts of life. My business, that's my business. Whereas my business is Allah Ta'ala's business. And my business is Shariat's business. It's not my business. It's not that I'll mind my own business. No, Shariat has told me how to mind my business. So, 
That is one aspect. That we departmentalize deen. So deen is comprehensive. It includes ibadat. It includes mu'amalat. Our dealings, monetary dealings. Our social life. Our akhlaq. So this is one hadith where Nabi Islam says that you want this vehicle, then this vehicle is deen. Then Nabi Islam addresses the Muslims in general and says that إِذَا خَطَبَ إِلَيْكُمْ مَنْ تَرْدَوْنَ دِينَهُ وَخُلُقَهُ فَزَوِّجُوهُ and when somebody proposes for your daughter, your sister, whatever, so the person who is now responsible, he's the head of the family, so he would normally be the one who has to now make the decision. Unfortunately, nowadays the decisions are made via Facebook and via Mixit. But that is a very mixed up process. And it's a process where people deface themselves. So the process is that the head of the family will guide the process. So when somebody has proposed man tardawna deenahu wa khuluqahu whose deen now deen is comprehensive everything is there already but something specifically is then mentioned after this deenahu wa khuluqahu that is deen and in particular because it's already in deen his deen and his akhlaq so the beast also say check on his bank balance also and ask him for three months back statement. Maybe he just put the money, borrowed it and put it last week. <laughs> so, not even that. Nabi Sallallahu didn't even say, check what is his family background and whole history of it. Man wa If the person, his deen you are happy with, and he has good akhlaq, good character, then don't refuse the proposal. Fazawwiju. And get him married. Illa tafalu takun fitnatun fil ardi wa fasadun arid. And if you don't go by this, you start making other things the criteria, and you start delaying because this is not in place and that is not in place. Takun fitnatun fil ardi wa fasadun arid. There'll be mischief and corruption on the earth, and tremendous corruption, fasadun arid. So what we understood from this is. That the vehicle is deen and the particular part of that vehicle is akhlaq. And if there's akhlaq, then everything inshallah will move smoothly. If there's good character on both sides. Now generally our understanding of good character is to say please and thank you. Not that this is not part of etiquette, but that is a very, very narrow concept of character. The part of the aspect of akhlaq in deen is a very wide concept. And in pertaining to married life and other relationships in general, whether it is between parents and children, between brothers and sisters, between extended family members, in the workplace, between employer and employee, the one aspect of akhlaq is hilm, tolerance. Ibrahim والسلام, he made dua to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala Rabbi habli minas salihin Ya Allah give me a pious child so Allah ta'ala accepted his dua and how was the dua answered فَبَشَّرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ Ya Allah grant me a pious child Allah ta'ala says we gave him the glad tidings of a child who is halim very tolerant now his dua got accepted of a pious child, but the specific 
quality of that wise child is being highlighted of tolerance which is under we can understand from this is that without tolerance this piety is not complete without tolerance this piety is incomplete فَبَشَرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ and Allah Nabi Islam taught tolerance in life what kind of tolerance and to what extent tolerance how he was spoken to by the kuffar by others by Bedouins who would come Nabi Islam is in the midst of the Sahaba Ikram and somebody comes and they grab on his sheet and he pulls it with force to the extent that it leaves an imprint on the shoulder of Nabi Islam and he says that give me something from the wealth of Allah Ta'ala it's not the wealth it's not your wealth it doesn't belong to your father also now put ourselves it's very easy for me to talk about it here and for us to listen about it put ourselves in that shoe we have some small position and some small status two and a half people came to know about us now that too we cannot tolerate somebody saying anything about us because we have some position now and Allah's Nabi Sallallahu in the midst of the gathering of Sahaba is treated like this Nabi Sallallahu smiles at the person and then he says give him something and let him go now that's a lesson of tolerance that tolerance that is taught is not just for outside it's taught for inside also and this akhlaq is something that Nabi Sallallahu highlighted when it came to the aspect of nikah and the aspect of married life Nabi Sallallahu highlighted this akhlaq when in one hadith Nabi Sallallahu says that akmalul mu'minina imanan ahsanuhum khuluqa that the person who has the most perfect iman obviously there cannot be any perfection of iman without salah in a person's life without him having paid his zakat if it's due on him or having fulfilled his hajj all that goes without saying but many a times a person does the faraiz and feels I've done everything there's nothing left for me to do now my iman is perfect so Nabi Islam is saying no you got a lot to do still akmalul mu'minina imanan ahsanuhum khuluqan the most perfect iman of a mu'min is that mu'min who has the best akhlaq neither is it mentioned now any of the nawafil that person who performs tahajjud the whole night he's not being spoken about a great ibadat indeed that's a very great thing person who makes tilawat of the Quran Sharif the whole day very great person who gives immense nafil sadaqah and charity spends the millions great thing very great but that is not being spoken about person who does many of other good deeds already spoken about what will be the thing that will make his iman perfect the best character and then the Islam says the best among you is the one who is best to his wife from all this like as an example a person needs to get his blood sugar levels tested so one is he will do a test at the laboratory and they will give him a complete detailed reading of what's going on the three month average and whatever else so this is the general akhlaq but then a person wants an immediate reading so at home he does that indoors he's got the glucometer and in one second he'll give him his reading what is his blood sugar level so one is the general akhlaq outside but Nabi Islam is saying you want a quick test of how good your character is then check it indoor the best among you is the one who is best to his wife this is the quick test 
you'll get the result in one minute. Maybe in a few seconds also. She'll tell you the reality. As one person, <coughs> he went into a kind of coma. He was living, but he was, they took him for death. So they gave ghusl and put the kafan and everything. Now he's lying there. Everybody is sitting around crying. Then they came to take the janaza. As they were walking with the janaza, there was a tree with a low-lying branch. And as they were walking past, they didn't realize this, that janaza hit that low-lying branch. It wasn't even a janaza. He was just very still. So with that jolt, he suddenly woke up. So in any case, they, everybody was surprised too, but happy also. Fine, this person is back. Brought him home. Everything came fine. Carried on living. After some time, he really passed away. Now again, same process. Kafan, everything on, lying there. Now again, the sons came to take the janaza. So the wife now was sitting there. She was crying also. And as the sons were about to pick the janaza up, she called the one son quietly. And in his ears, she said to him, Watch out for that branch, please. <laughs> so that was the test now. There was a result being given. Through all those tears and everything, there was a result being spoken. So this is what Rabbi Sallallahu is saying to us. That khiyarukum khiyarukum li nisa'ihim. You want that vehicle that will take you smoothly through this road. Through this journey. There's all kinds of terrain that will come. The best among you is the one who is best to his wife. And this akhlaq is the great, weightiest thing of after the faraiz, the obligations of deen. In the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, مَا مِن شَيْءٍ أَثْقَلُ فِي مِيزَانِ الْعَبْدِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مِنْ خُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ There is nothing weightier on a person's scale of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah than good character. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيُبْغِضُ الْفَاحِشَ الْبَذِيءِ Allah Ta'ala detests Allah Ta'ala detests an immoral and a vulgar person now how often unfortunately this becomes the norm in the house that this vulgarity all kinds of languages and then this immorality and what not carries on unspeakable things so akhlaq is the thing this is the vehicle that will carry us Part of that akhlaq is the specific aspect of tolerance. Hilm. And this is a very great thing. Then, time is very limited, we can't go into the details of these things, but inshallah on some occasion maybe, the aspect of gratitude. Now, we are talking about moving in a smooth manner through this journey of life. Keeping the destination in front. Here again we find that many a times this is something that is ignored completely. Hazrat Dr. Abdul Hay was one of the very senior Khulafa of Hazrat Ali. It was his habit, it was his practice that whenever he was invited somewhere so after having eaten he would give some words of advice. The woman of the house would also sit behind the parda and they would listen to the advice then he would say some words of shukar as well Jazakallah enjoyed the meal which would be the case in any case the people would go out of their way to entertain him so one day he was invited at somebody's place and 
after the meal, he, like he would do, he addressed the people, gave them some nasihat, some advice. And then he thanked the house people. Jazakallah, enjoyed the meal. It was very well prepared. Allah Ta'ala give you jazai khair for all the effort that you've put into it, etc. Now, as he finished off these vices and finished off saying these few words, suddenly he can hear behind Parada somebody's crying. And it's getting even more intense. So he told the man of the house, please go and check what happened. So in any case, when the person went to check, after some time he made everybody come down. So he asked his wife what happened. So he said for the past 20, 25 years, whatever it might have been, not one day did I ever hear any word of gratitude from you for whatever I've done from you, for you. All these years I've cooked for you and done whatever, but not one word I heard of gratitude. Today somebody from outside had to come and say some words of gratitude. I was overwhelmed with that. It was something beyond me, that somebody actually thanked me. So this gratitude, how we just take it for granted. The wife takes it for granted, whatever the husband has done. And to the extent that no matter what the husband has done, something goes against her grain, then she will, in one statement, wipe everything out. You've never done anything for me. One statement, everything will be gone. So this gratitude. But this story has a second part to it also. One person heard the story in a similar gathering. So he decided, well, I must practice on it. So he went home and he, after eating, he started showering the praise and saying, mashallah, excellent. And he hadn't done it for years. And suddenly he went overboard. Now his wife started crying also. So he asked her, what happened now? She says, all these years you never praised me one day. Today the neighbor's wife sent the food, now you praise him. <laughs> so therefore, first please find out whether it's cooked at home or it was cooked outside. Otherwise that might become a problem as well. So the issue of shukar, and one is to express the gratitude to the person. But together with that, to express shukar to Allah wa ta'ala. For example, a person came home and he found everything very pleasant, fine, the way he likes it. He was received in a very happy way. And this too, it's all just coming by the way, but it's all part of the subject. That we're talking about coming home. How does a person come home? How does a person come home? Does he come home so that all the problems, 150 people he met in the day, and everybody gave him a problem, so all those problems he walks in, please don't, don't come anywhere near me today, I'm in a bad mood. But everybody else out there put you in a bad mood, this house is supposed to be where the sukoon is supposed to be. Where you are supposed to get the sukoon and give the sukoon. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala says, min ayatihi, Allah Ta'ala among his signs this is the ayatum min ayatum min ayatillah the signs of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala is saying that he has created spouses for you so that you may get this sukoon this tranquility now the person comes in walks in and please don't come anywhere near me I'm in a bad mood today so what wrong did they do where's the akhlaq gone person didn't even enter with salam. Allah's Nabi used to enter the home smiling. That's a sunnat. And in the time of fitna and fasad, when sunnats are being totally discarded, <coughs> when sunnats are being mocked, when sunnats are being run down, that, what's all this? 
in that time, in that type of situation where people are discarding the way of life of Rasulullah a person brings alive one sunnat, he is getting the reward of a hundred martyrs. Now a person, this becomes the norm, people walk into their home without even salam, walk in with everybody 150 or maybe 550 people's bad treatment, now the wife must suffer the consequences of it. The children must bear the brunt of it. So now he walks in without salam, he walks in grunting and growling. Is this the way Allah's Nabi walked into the house? So to walk in with a smile, to walk in with salam. This brings salamati in that home. And for the wife to receive the husband smilingly. For her to receive the husband in a warm way. Now this is part of the teachings of Allah's Nabi and which he practically taught. So, we were talking about that the person now comes home. We lost the train of thought we were discussing. Gratitude. Gratitude. Now the person came home and he saw everything the way he is happy with. Everything was fine. In his heart did he even make shukr to Allah. Alhamdulillah. Ya Allah, this is your ni'mat. Well, he just took it for granted. This is how it's supposed to be. So fine. It's supposed to be like this. Who made it like that? It's a ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. From the depth of his heart, he should have said at least one time, Alhamdulillah. And la in shakartum la azidannakum. Allah Ta'ala says, You make shukr, I will increase my na'mat for you. But everything was the way he wanted it, but he didn't even thank Allah Ta'ala. Then he didn't even thank the servants of Allah Ta'ala. Mallam yashkurin nas, lam yashkurin la. Nabi Islam says, The person who cannot be grateful to mankind, he hasn't shown gratitude to Allah Ta'ala also. So, this is that vehicle that will take a person safely and smoothly across the vehicle of laq. And in that akhlaq is this aspect of hilm, tolerance. In that akhlaq is this aspect of gratitude. In this akhlaq is that aspect of not giving any taklif and difficulty to the next person. Imatatul adha. In the hadith, Nabi Salaam says that there are more than 70 branches of iman. The smallest branch of Iman, which is a branch of Iman, which is beyond our imagination how big, but comparatively speaking, the smallest branch of Iman is to remove something that causes any inconvenience from the way. That is the smallest branch of Iman. And if this is something in a person's life that I have to bring alive this branch of Iman, that I don't, I remove anything that will cause difficulty to somebody else. I didn't drop it. I'm not responsible for it. But to remove it is a brand of Iman, tremendously rewarded. When a person has this in his life, can it be imagined that he will deliberately give somebody else taklif? He is worried about removing other people's taklif. And other people's harm. And other people, what people have thrown in the way and inconvenience others. Where will he then give any inconvenience to somebody else? And many a times this deliberate inconvenience happens between spouses. But just because I'm upset, so now I will also make life difficult for the next party. Just so that I can show I'm boss. So I will do something just that will make things difficult. Just for the sake of making it difficult. Just for the sake of giving some pain. Whereas the akhlaq requires and demands that a person goes out of his way to give comfort to the next person. In his advanced age, 
and he was very ill. And in India, rural areas, the toilets, etc., outside the house. So he needed to go to the toilet. So they had to no water. You take the jug from the house, fill it with water, and walk. So he went, but because of his late at night, he didn't trouble anybody, he woke up on his own, went. But because he was so ill, by the time he went and came back, that effort was so much, that en route, by, as he was walking into the house or somewhere in the house, he collapsed and fell unconscious. Everybody else was asleep, nobody else knew what happened. After some, some time, he regained his consciousness, realized what happened, he's fallen, woke up with difficulty somehow, made his way back to his bed. When he got back to his bed, he now remembered that when I was coming back, still had that jug in my hand, that water container. And that has now fallen somewhere where I fell down. Number one, if somebody else wants to use it, they won't find it in its place. They'll get the cleave. They'll be inconvenienced. Number two, somebody walking past may trip over it. Now his wife was there, she was sleeping. He was in this condition of so sick that he just collapsed. He didn't wake up. He again woke up in that condition and went in that same weakness of his with difficulty to where he had dropped that lota, that jug, picked it up, put it in his place and then came back to bed. Now this is those who have that akhlaq those who have that reality, they have the destination in front of them. They know that this is a test in life. And you want that higher grade in Jannat. Then you have to adopt this. You want something that is going to be heaviest in your scales of deeds. Then it's akhlaq. And the first place of akhlaq is within the four walls of the home. And this is somewhere where most of the time we forget that this is a place of mu'asharat, of akhlaq, of correct conduct, good character. So these are some of the things, part of the vehicle that will take a person along. Time is already expired, but just to round off one aspect, this is, as we're talking about a whole journey of life, so a journey of life might need a lifetime to explain also, but nevertheless we are just merely taking a few aspects. We spoke right at the beginning of the two ahadith which deal with marriage. One was regarding the choice of partner, a person wants to marry somebody, what kind of wife does he choose? Fasfar bidati deen. The advice there was, give deen the preference. Base your decision on deen. Person has proposed, some man has proposed, on what basis you will make the, the decision? The person has deen in his life. And good akhlaq. These are the basic things, the basic ingredients. When the ingredients are right, then the mixture comes out right. Then the taste is excellent. But when the ingredients are not right, then the taste is not going to be right. The ingredients is deen from both sides. When there will be deen on both sides, this will be the foundation also. The ingredients call it, you know, take the example of a house as a foundation, then that structure will be solid and will be stable. And if there's no deen, to the extent that there will be no deen, there'll be problems. And there are so many things in this regard, but to highlight one thing only, 
in this time and age, which has become one of the biggest fitnas of the time, and which has become a primary reason in many, many marriages breaking down. This has become a primary reason, it's not the only reason, there are many con contributing factors, and sometimes things can get very complicated and complex, but this is a primary reason in many, many instances for that marriage breaking down. And that is the sin of infidelity. On all its levels, and the most common level is the sin of the casting of lustful glances and looking at haram. And this has resulted in many marriages. It starts off from here. Many an inferno, a huge inferno, starts off with a spark. The time came and the whole place was on fire. But that fire didn't just come in one moment. It started off with a spark. And the spark became a flame. And that flame caused a small little fire. And the small fire caused a bigger fire. And then the whole thing burned down. And unfortunately, with all the devices that we have in our hands and everything at our fingertips and all the various social media, which was meant, as they claim, to make a person get connected. So now each person got connected with hundreds of others. In the process, he got disconnected from the people he was supposed to be connected to. The wife is connected to 100 others and the husband is connected to 100 others. The only people they're not connected to is each other. The parents and children got disconnected. The parents are connected to many others and the children got connected to everybody else and the parents and children are the only one disconnected. So everybody else got connected and the main connections all got cut out. And if we are serious about saving ourselves from this, these fitnas, we have to shut these things out of our life. We have to disconnect ourselves from these, all these futile things. Person is now just, his fingers are all the time just busy where you are and what you're doing and what you ate and totally futile. And that is the most mild of it. Then what else goes about and goes on, no need to get into any details, it's well known. And the kind of problems that it's bringing into society, this is disconnecting our marriages, Allah forbid. So deen, deen is a foundation. To the extent that there'll be deen, and a person will save himself from sin and guna, then the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala will come. And when the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala comes, then rahmat, rahmat in the home. When peace descends in the home, then there's peace between people of the home. And when the sin in that home, then the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala descends. Then everybody is also at odds with one another. Because there's that, like a person is somewhere where there's fragrance all around. Somebody walks in with a very beautiful smelling ether. As he walks in, everybody is getting that fragrance. And each person is feeling, is feeling uh, refreshed. Whereas only he put on the ether. But everybody is feeling refreshed because the whole atmosphere got refreshed or centered. And if supposing there's a terrible odor, everybody's face is turning all different kinds of shapes and angles. Now, the odor is wherever it is, but nobody's got a straight face anymore. So likewise, when there'll be that scent and that fragrance of righteousness, 
that fragrance of the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala, then everybody will be smiling and refreshed. And when there'll be the atmosphere of sin, somebody is watching haram here, somebody is texting haram there, somebody is doing something else there, and something else is carrying on, and everything is surrounding sin, then that odor and that gas of sin is going to make everybody feel uncomfortable. And everybody is going to feel unpleasant. And they're going to be thinking, why is this unpleasantness? They're going to be now blaming one another. So the issue is to bring deen in the entire household. By means of ta'aleem in the home. By means of salah being regularly performed. The zikr of Allah wa ta'ala being performed, being recited. Tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Removing all the devices of sin. All the things that have become now standard. Whereas many of it, just maybe 25, 30 years ago, not even before that, even the kuffar would have regarded as pornographic. What comes into the newspapers nowadays, forget Muslims, even the kuffar would have regarded as pornographic 25 years ago, 30 years ago. That has become standard. So is that going to bring the fragrance of the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala? Or what will it bring? So in any case, the lesson is, that this is a test in life. This is a journey we have to pass. This is a test in life. A person has to keep his focus on the destination. And keep his eyes on the road. And realize that he is now in this test. So he has to drive carefully. And he has to drive, be in the right vehicle. And that vehicle is deen. And in particular the aspect of akhlaq. And a person has deen. That house has deen. There's akhlaq in the people of that house then inshallah, there will be ups and downs, there will be some uh, potholes sometimes, there will be some very bland and bare, scen- no, no scenery on the side, but that will pass. And again things will open out, and again everything will be fine. But provided the person is in the right vehicle, provided he's got his eyes on the road, and he knows his destination. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq of bringing complete deen in our lives, Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq of learning what was the akhlaq that Nabi Sallallahu taught and making an effort to bring this akhlaq in our life by associating with the people of akhlaq. These things are not learned from books. It is only the theory that is achieved from books. But these things come from life to life, from heart to heart, from person to person. We have to associate with those who have learned akhlaq, with those who have learned humility, with those who have learned taqwa, with those who have these qualities in their lives, by associating with them, inshallah this will rub off onto us as well. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala protect us, keep us, keep our marriages, keep our iman, everything safe. 